Franklin, verse 9. And uh, we'll read together. Praise God. Let's read. And Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Praise God. Now, there's a few that are going to do that. <laughs> and we're going to stay right here. Praise God. But I want you to look at the middle of that verse, journeyed, going on. Praise God. That's what we are to do, the journey on. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what I'm going to do. Praise God. I'm going to journey on. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. I know um, most of us, um, probably more towards the end of January, would um, really like to go on a trip. Somewhere warmer, somewhere with more daylight, somewhere that uh, you could just relax and, and refresh and, uh, you know, and enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> but let me encourage you. You have been on a trip. You're almost at the completion of a trip. Can you believe you've been traveling 67,000 miles an hour? And you've almost completed 584 million miles. And this is the 365th day you've been on that trip. <laughs> so, don't fret, don't envy, don't uh, get greedy. <laughs> You've been on an incredible trip around the sun. All the seasons, all the uh, changes, uh, everything's so incredible because our God spoke it into existence. And I, I get tickled at, uh, at the reports or the estimates or... Uh, the informed opinions of the scientists who say it's been here for billions of years. Well, if that's so, God's word has been in effect for billions of years. Because <laughs> he said it, and it's operating the way he said it. His word upholds all things, and uh, it's going to continue on. Praise God. What about a cruise? Like to go on a cruise? Noah was commanded to build an ark. Hadn't rained. Never been a ship of that size. And all these new things that the Lord commanded were coming about because of Noah's faithfulness. And it was for the saving of his house. It, it wasn't, you know, of course, he and his wife would go aboard the ship, but his sons and their wives, uh, eight people in all going aboard. Um, how incredible that they stayed committed to the task and brought it to fulfillment. It was nothing more than a floating barn, but uh, it was their salvation. It was what they were able to get through the flood on. 
and he released the raven, and uh, the raven didn't return. I, I can imagine the raven so probably thought flying around, look at all this food. <laughs> then he released the dove, and the dove had no place to land, so it came back to the ark. And then he sent it out a second time, and the dove returned with one leaf. Think of the significance of that one thing. One leaf that it came back with from an olive tree. And that was the sign. Um, the Lord has remembered his promise. Of course, the rainbow appeared, and uh, those, those promises from the Lord continued to unfold. But how amazing that one can have that great of significance, and you can have that great of significance. You can have that apostolic influence that we're praying about. Praise God. To the world, you may be only one, but to one, you may be the world. Praise God. And so we're going to fulfill what God has directed us to do. Now, allow me to call him Abraham. We know his name was Abram, and there is a significance in the name there, and then his name changed as well. But let me, let me just go ahead and call him Abraham for um, uh, this message. The Lord called him. Can you imagine hearing the Lord say, get out? Get out of the country from where you've been unto a land that I will show you. That was quite a transition. That was an amazing calling. And uh, to Abraham's credit, for him to bundle everything up and prepare for uh, the travels that the Lord would lead him on uh, in obedience. And he traveled on. And not only that one transition from leaving Ur of the Chaldees, but uh, if you, you see the map, if you, the back of your Bible has the journey of Abraham, you see he traveled a long ways. It was uh, similar, perhaps, to what uh, the wise men did coming from the east all the way into uh, the area where the Lord was born, Bethlehem. But all of the temporary sites, all of the days, months, years, living in tents, the obedience that Abraham uh, uh, followed through, and, and based upon the promises of the Lord, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make you a blessing. I will make your name great. It wasn't, I, I, don't, I don't think there was any kind of uh, aspect in Abraham's heart that would uh, push him to obedience uh, in terms of, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to be something. I'm going to be recognized. I'm going to be remembered. I think he just wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. I think he just wanted to be where God would pour out that blessing. Moreover, the Lord said, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And we see that fulfillment today. We see it's happening uh, in, in our time, the blessings upon um, Israel coming to those who have blessed them. And the Lord told Abraham, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so Abraham took it to heart as far as his worship and his desire for the things of the Lord. In chapter 12 and verse 7, he built an altar unto the Lord. 
And in verse 8, he built an altar near Bethel, and he called upon the name of the Lord. There was a desire within him to worship and to sacrifice, to give of himself. Already he was giving obedience, but now there was this desire to worship. Chapter 13 and 3, he went on his journeys, continued on. He returned to the altar near Bethel, and again he called on the name of the Lord. This was a serious thing with him. He recognized, I'm not just traveling to see the sights. I'm not just uh, moving along here uh, because this is the direction that I know the Lord would have me to go. He recognized it was a relationship with God that he was pursuing. It was an understanding of how God was going to reveal himself to him more and more. And then the promise of the heir and uh, the uh, commentary in Romans 4, how against hope he believed in hope. And he was not weak in faith. He was the opposite. He was strong in faith. And he continued on uh, in his walk with God. You would think he would become exhausted. You would think he would become uh, uh, weak and, uh, and faint. But the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Praise God. He was strong in that faith and that commitment to the Lord. And the promised child was born to them in their old age. An incredible miracle of God and the Lord providing. And then... The journey required even more sacrifice. Sacrifice your son. Sacrifice the one that has been born to you in your old age. Sacrifice the one that is the promise. Offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Well, in our humanity, I think, I speak for myself, I think I would say, is this really you, God? I think I would uh, want to qualify that command. Well, I'll, I'll fast and pray, Lord, and uh, if you're still wanting me to do that, then let me know. You know, I, I, I need a sign, God. You know, that, that's our humanity. What did Abraham do? He rose up early in the morning. Probably 24 hours didn't even go by when he was saying, all right, I'll do it. I don't think there was a smile on his face. I don't think there was a spring in his step. I think he was contemplating building another altar. He'd built several already, but now this one, this altar, is going to have incredible significance that would bring sorrow, that would produce tears. But he rose up early in the morning, and he took two young men with him and his son Isaac, and they journeyed for three days, journeying on. Didn't stop, just kept going, obedient to the Lord. And that altar came together, and uh, he knew who was going to be placed upon it as a, a burnt offering. But yet, Abraham's prophetic statement, so incredible, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful we, we rejoice in the fulfillment of that uh, promise and that sacrifice and how we can commemorate it with what we call communion. But the divine revelation that came as well and the uh, compound name of Jehovah that uh, would be the revelation that Abraham would receive, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. 
Praise God. Amen. And uh, Abraham's years would advance, and he would be concerned about his son Isaac, uh, whom he did not have to kill. And he, Hebrews tells us that even if he did offer him as a sacrifice, even if he did end his life, God was able to raise him up from the dead. Praise God. What an incredible faith. Amen. No wonder we focus on Abraham so much. But uh, Abraham commissioned his servant Eliezer to go and find a wife for Isaac. He did not want a wife to be taken from the Canaanites, and uh, that, that aspect of separation should not be lost on us, the importance there of how it needs to come to pass in the will of God that, uh, that you find a, uh, a mate to spend the rest of your life with. But he commissioned Eliezer, go and God will send his angel before thee. It's not going to be a situation where you're going to use your own uh, ideas, your own aspects, and your own investigations for who it's going to be. God is going to provide. And so 10 camels were loaded with goods. And no doubt the servants, the drivers, the different ones who would attend uh, departed. And Eliezer prayed, God, uh, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. And he offered a test. Let the woman that I speak to and request a drink, let her respond with the offer that she will water my camels as well. Ten of them? And all of the servants? Now that would take a woman of, of, of great commitment, a woman who was willing to serve, a woman who was recognizing the necessity of hospitality. And there is Rebecca. Praise God. Amen. And Eliezer said, the Lord hath prospered my way. He did not hesitate with the journey. And imagine the journey back as he brings Rebecca. And uh, Isaac sees her for the first time and then recognizes, this is who I'm going to journey with. This is who I'm going to follow with. And she's going to serve God with me. And you know the story. Let me continue on with others about the journey. Joseph was sent on a journey to see his brothers. He had to go to uh, evaluate how things were going, how the flocks were, were uh, doing, and all of the aspects there that he had to bring a report back to his father. But he didn't return to his father because he was thrown into a pit. Then he was pulled out of the pit and sold to some uh, merchants who were journeying down to Egypt. And then Potiphar's house, we know, and the, the debacle that happened there resulted in prison. And then uh, the prison aspect as they, uh, he was promoted and uh, taken to the palace. Uh, that's quite a journey. Got an amazing thing. And then his view of the promised land and, uh, and how God's going to visit you, he told them. You take my bones with you when you leave. Praise God. What a prophetic statement. What an amazing uh, outlook. And uh, sure enough, Israel being in Egypt 430 years, the mighty hand of God with deliverance, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness was their fault. That wasn't God's plan for them. The spies had been sent in, and uh, they were there for 40 days. They returned with uh, an, an evil report, yes, of giants there, but they also had evidence of the land flowing with milk and honey. 
not only grapes, but pomegranates. Did you eat pomegranates this season? Pomegranates, grapes, figs, just an amazing aspect of how the Lord would fulfill. But the people murmured. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They said, let's get us a captain. We'll go back there. Caleb and Joshua uh, in, instead just, just tried to rally them, tried to get them to understand the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Let's go on the journey into the promised land. But that didn't happen. A year for every day that the spies were in the land, so 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness. But the amazing mercy of God, the miracles continued. The manna did not fail. Their clothes did not wear out. The Lord did not forsake them. Water from the rock again, praise God. The power of the Lord that was there in his love and his mercy to help them along on the journey. And thank God he helps us on our journey. Thank God he does not forsake us. Thank God there's still the power and the blessing that he brings to us. Praise God. We're journeying to a promised land. Amen. Thank God. And I thank the Lord for the power and blessing that he has for us. So they crossed the Jordan on dry ground. They marched around Jericho for the victory. And the Lord was there to provide for them in ways that nobody had seen before. How is it that it would happen in that regard, in that manner? I get tickled out of some of the scholars who would say, oh, it was the tramping of all the feet that were going around and around the city. And it... it brought uh, instability to the ground, and the foundations of the city were, uh, were shaken. Well, if you want to look at it in that way, I guess so. And the vibrations of the horns and the shout of the people and uh, all of that brought instability to the wall. No, I think God just did it. Amen. Because of their obedience. Because obedience matters. Amen. You look at AI. And uh, people reading the Bible for the first time, I might say, artificial intelligence is in the scripture? No, it's AI. <laughs> and the a tiny amount of treasure that was taken from Jericho compared to all that they accumulated. Can you imagine the amount of gold and silver that they collected out of that city, and it was to be set aside uh, for the work of God and all of that. But Achan thinking, they're not going to miss this. This is such a small amount. It really doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things. I can, I can get a little bit for myself, but obedience matters. In areas that we may think uh, we can exclude, but sin will hinder the victory. Sin will keep you back from moving into the realm that God wants you to. And we've got a journey on because obedience does bring the victory. And thank God they were finally able to defeat AI and, and, uh, and the power of God continue to go on. Let me hurry on to the disciples of Jesus and how the Lord challenged them to follow me. And the results of that following that he declared, I will make you Fishers of men, praise God. And uh, you will not walk in darkness. There were stipulations that went with it. He said, if you follow me, take up your cross. If you follow me, deny yourself. That's not very popular today. It's more of, oh, love God and, 
oh, the Lord is going to bless you. And he does bless us. Praise God. But absolutely no responsibility on our part, no responsibility for uh, obeying the Word of God. It seems to be the message that's going across most of the pulpits today. But if we look at what the Word of God says, and the Lord saying, take up your cross, deny yourself, you follow after me, I'll make you, and thank God he makes us what he wants us to be. He makes us in his image, praise God, and the power of the Lord that's displayed in such an amazing way. And I'm thankful, denying ourselves. That's what the disciples did on their journey with the Lord over three years. Walked up and down and across Palestine, following the Lord. They saw sick people healed. They heard amazing truth taught. They saw restorations. They witnessed resurrections. They saw dominion over demons. They saw deliverance from demonic possession. They helped with miracles for the multitudes. Just over and over the amazing stuff that they saw on their journey. They sailed in boats and were fearful of sinking in the lake. They saw what they thought was a spirit and became very fearful in that. But the Lord declared, fear not. It is I. Praise God. And they were amazed that the winds and the waves obeyed him. And uh, incredible stuff that happened. Back to Jerusalem again in what we call the triumphant entry. The fulfillment of the word of God in Zechariah 9 and 9. That the donkey that the Lord would ride upon would bring him into Jerusalem. And the finding of the donkey being an, an incredible story. The Passover that we call the Last Supper. The disciples finding a room just as Jesus said that they would, and then partaking of the blood and body of the Lord in the cup and the bread, just like we did in communion. And thank the Lord he was able to fulfill that as he prayed in Gethsemane. He prayed more earnestly, the Bible says. He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He declared, not my will, but thine be done. And even in his arrest... When he said, I am, and those soldiers fell back, what was their thinking as they got themselves up and dusted themselves off and readjusted their uniforms and so on and then took him into custody? And then uh, the ear of Malchus, all of those signs, all amazing stuff. Now the disciples fled, even though they pledged themselves, Peter leading the way, pledged themselves to die with him, but they, they, they didn't. And then slowly gathering, no doubt, around that hill called Golgotha, outside the city, Mary and the other woman, uh, other women that followed him standing at the cross, crucified on a hill where many could see him, and uh, the garden tomb. Joseph and Nicodemus, members of the Jewish Sanhedrin, preparing his body for burial. The stone, the seal, the soldiers, uh, all of that. Uh, seemingly to assure he's not going to come forth. And the women, again, showing up on Sunday morning, Peter and John running uh, to the tomb, resurrection. Praise God. Oh, my. Talk about a journey. Forty days spent with the Lord. Joy, wonder, power, 
amazing things that they would have on that journey of 40 days. And then finally, on the Mount of Olives, told to preach in his name repentance and remission of sins. Hearing him say, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Praise God. And told to go back to Jerusalem. It was a Sabbath day's journey. Think of that. The law that they lived by was soon to be eclipsed by the power of the Spirit, praise God, that they were to live in, that the law could not bring them into. The life in the law being replaced by life in the Spirit as they gathered in the upper room. The power and the blessing of God that would come forth. The prayer meeting that they had, uh, all 120 in one mind and one accord, and then suddenly from heaven, praise God, a blessing that would come to them beyond the magnitude of anything that they had ever experienced. It filled all the house. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. Praise God. And Peter preaching about the crucified Christ who is risen now and the people feeling so convicted, so aware of the presence of God, so amazed at what the Lord was doing that they asked, what shall we do? Praise God, the answer being very clear. That's apostolic influence that God wants you to send out into this new year. Praise God. And the blessing of the Lord that would be there. The journey with the Lord by thousands that would obey Acts 2.38. Praise God. And the power of God that would take place. That shook Jerusalem up. That got their attention. But the journey of the church was just beginning. The healing of the lame man, the power and boldness that they received in prayer, the steadfastness in the apostles' doctrine, filling Jerusalem with it. That's apostolic influence. Praise God. Baptism in the Holy Ghost, uh, first in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then the Gentiles in Cornelius' household. Paul and Apollos and the 12 Ephesians, thank God we've got example after example after example of apostolic doctrine being fulfilled and the way that we can give apostolic influence. Don't back up from it. Praise God. Step forth in confidence and boldness that you have the word of God that you can proclaim to others. Thank the Lord. And the Lord is getting his church ready. And we look at the letters written to the churches for encouragement, for instruction, for correction, for guidance, for enlightenment, for inspiration. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And that's what you're a part of. Praise God. And he's going to wash it with the, the washing of the word, praise God. Thank the Lord we can be cleansed, we can be sanctified. That's part of the journey. We've got to keep going, keep moving, keep heading on with the Lord, keep waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Look how the progress is going to be. Look how the journey is going to continue. Mounting up with wings as eagles, running and not being weary, walking and not fainting. That's the journey Keep going, keep going, praise God, because the end of the journey is coming up. Yes, is. Hallelujah, praise God. We are confident, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Oh, man, that's where we're headed. That's where the journey's going to end. Praise God. Paul would say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But it may not come that way. We shall be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
praise God, a resurrection and a rapture uh, in the presence of the Lord. The trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. I'm glad for those positive tones in the Word of God, and not just from man's wishful thinking, but from the promise of the Word of God. We shall be changed. Praise God. And also changed is the sting of death that will be no more. The victory of the grave that is going to be ended. Praise God. Incredible changes that God has in mind for the church. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Hallelujah. Amen. It would be awesome uh, to see that and be incredible for us to behold it. But we're not. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I'm not going to look back. You're not going to look back. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to be looking up for the one we're going to meet. Meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. Oh, what a reunion. What a reuniting. Praise God. The ones we're going to recognize who have gone on before. The greeting that we're going to be able to extend. Praise God. The recognition that we're going to have. And then the one upon the throne. Oh, my. Praise God. What an incredible journey. And what an incredible end. And in the sense that this corruptible is no longer corruptible, but it's put on incorruption. And in the sense that this mortal is no longer mortal, but has put on immortality. Praise God. And then the journeys that continue on. Praise God. Will we be able to go look at Jupiter? Oh, there are lots of moons out here. The rings of Saturn, and not only Saturn, Uranus has rings. Incredible. Amazing stuff. Well, the Bible says a new heaven, a new earth. Maybe, maybe those elements of the solar system and all the other stuff are going to be gone, but there will be something new that we'll be able to see. We'll be able to journey to. We'll be able to continue on. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, my. Let's stand today. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what? I'm going to keep on going on. Okay. The devil may try to turn me around, but I'll keep on going on. Praise God. Amen. If that's your determination coming, let's sing it together here. Let's commit ourselves again to we're going on. Praise God. You know, the devil wants us to focus on obstacles, focus on difficulties, focus on problems. He wants us to think that it's all going to be uh, just Im impossible. But oh no, oh no, our God is with us. Our God is making the way. Our God is opening the door. Hallelujah. And ministering in a powerful way. Thank God. Let's sing it as a commitment from our heart today.